chatting with the girl named Blake, all about being brave enough to speak your mind, balancing motherhood and breadwinning, and going viral in 2020. All this and more on today's episode of the Classically Abby podcast. So excited to have Blake on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I'm so excited to chat again. <laughs> yeah, we recently, I was on your podcast. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, so I want to start with asking you, how did you go viral back in 2020? And tell us a little bit about your mission because you are such a just an outspoken woman. And it's so amazing to see. So I'd really love to hear kind of what gets you up in the morning, what you want to talk about and how it kind of attracted people to your Instagram, to your platform. Yeah. So I started in 2018, like with a podcast and being on Instagram and (laughs) was mostly talking about things like mental health and motherhood and hustle culture and work and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, 2020 hits, which we all know was just freaking insane. It was like such a microcosm (laughs) of a year. And (laughs) by, let's see, the world shuts down early March. By May, I am like, I don't know how much longer I can make it not saying the things I actually believe publicly on the internet, right? I'm saying Mm -hmm. all of these things in real life, like around my kitchen table, (laughs) things like, I mean- from the get I was like masks are a sham they don't work against COVID like this is this is like BS like stay you need you don't need to stay in your house you need to get out in sunlight like that all of those things and I don't say that to be like I knew before everybody else I grew up in a medical family like I was just like the box says that that was the first time I went viral was when I got on the internet and was like hey guys the box says it doesn't protect against COVID (laughs) What are we doing? Like, so that was the first time. And then from there, it was really just this waterfall effect of continually just showing up and saying the things that I think a lot of us were thinking, you Mm -hmm. know, about COVID or about the the presidential election was a really big, you know, source of that as well. uh, I love politics. I've always been deeply politically invested. And so you know, 2020 was really contentious within the church in that subject. Just like people were really okay saying they were voting for Biden, but you had to like keep it a secret if you were voting for Trump because people were getting like canceled and doxxed and all that kind of stuff. And so I just came out and was like, I'm voting for Trump. This is why I'm not sorry. And so that was kind of my 2020 was like, <laughs> was just pulling <laughs> off the bandaid and being like, here's all the things. Um, and so it was, but it was really cool because I mean, my platform blew up in that year because I was, I wasn't alone. Right. So many of us felt so alone and felt so isolated from one another period. And then felt isolated in our beliefs that I think it just kind of became this rallying point for people to be able to be like, Oh, me too. Okay, cool. Like me too. And like from a Christian perspective. And so that was kind of 2020 was, I had started two years before, but 2020 was definitely when things kind of like picked up and and took off for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what attracted me to your page was just you were saying what I was thinking. And I was like, that's awesome. And it's coming from a woman who is, you know, it's coming from a woman, number one, but also a woman who shares my values. That's so cool. And you're a mom. You are a wife. It's not like you have, you know, a girl boss total mentality where you can't have those things and also take these positions. Right. No, I definitely lean a lot more towards they are the most important thing in my life. Like outside of my relationship with God, like my kids and my husband come before everything there is. It's not even it's not up for conversation, but also like I I, I can do other things. I can prioritize that and never like not not drop the ball, but because I definitely drop the ball, but like (laughs) keep the most important things, the most important things and have other passions and have other you know, like, I think that whole like balance is a myth. I think that hurts women because I, I think that balance is balance and it's, it can be off balance and you can not do it perfectly. Can, you can do it messily, but you can still like show up and use your gifts in a multitude of ways. Absolutely. I think that's so important. I actually did a, I did an Instagram reel today on that topic, just about, I think that there is a, a misconception that when, you know, I say women should have should have children and should get married and should prioritize those things. That means I think they're incapable of other things. And right. that is not the case. Women, of course, are capable of things. That's why we are so incredible is that we can be incredible mothers and incredible wives and do everything else that we do. Well, and you and I wouldn't be talking if that's what you believed. Like, exactly. you wouldn't have a podcast. You wouldn't have, <laughs> exactly. like, a platform. You would be a wife and a mom, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's mm-hmm. such a beautiful calling. And I don't think that everybody, you know, I think everybody in the body has different gifts, and they're not all things that need to be stretched and flexed on the internet. But for those of us that do, like, that's okay, too. It's okay. Like, it's the whole, like, good for her, not for me. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. One of my favorite people in the world is a stay-at-home mom to four kids her whole thing is wrangling the zoo and keeping <laughs> her house and she barely even uses Instagram I love that about her you know and so mm-hmm. it's not better or worse it's just different yes absolutely so let's talk faith for a second we're going to be hopping all over the place because I feel like we overlap in so many different ways and I'm excited to talk about all those things but let's talk faith for a second So I know your faith hugely informs what you do. Your podcast is called Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Where did that name come from? It came from the verses uh, where Paul talks about uh, God's power being made perfect in our weakness and therefore boasting all all the more about our weakness. Uh, When I started the podcast, I really... Was I was drowning. I was drowning in motherhood. I have had horrific postpartum anxiety after both of my girls. I was lonely. My husband was working like crazy. And I, and I say this all the time, like the landscape of podcasting has changed so significantly in the last four and a half years. And I think we've seen it take leaps and bounds towards true vulnerability and hard conversations. But at the time, honestly, it was kind of like a glorified Bible study. A lot of the time, like it was all pretty like superficial. And I, at the time, like really needed conversations on mental health. I was like, that's what I need. And so I was like, I'll show up and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it out and make it through tomorrow other than God. And got to have these really incredible conversations with people who had also like gone through the fire or were in the fire and also like hustle culture and the idea of hard work and, and, but not like burning yourself out for the sake of, 
chasing a dollar or some kind of recognition. And so it really just, it started. And honestly, I'm so proud and thankful that it's really stayed true to its original mission of like, this is a place, this is a safe place to land with your questions. This is a safe place to land with your doubts and your struggles. And I'm not saying that I'm going to have all the answers. Maybe somebody I know does, (laughs) uh, like I'll share all my friends with you. We're just like, we're all on the same team. We're all like, we're all just trying to do the best we can with what we got. And God made me talkative. And so I'm going to I'm going to use it that way. (laughs) That's incredible. Also, yes, I think that that's so important. And I really value that side of social media because we're always seeing the highlight reel. We always use that phrase, the highlight reel. But what's so important for us to see is also that people are human and we're all struggling sometimes and we're all working through this life. And hearing somebody going through those same struggles who also shares what we're, what we believe in. That's, that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, the, the highest compliment that anything I do is given is just like, it made me feel seen or I walked away from church because of this X, Y, Z experience, but you've kind of got me like curious or looking at my Bible or, you know, so I think we see in the, in the Bible, we see in the early church that there were, there were disciples and apostles who, who prophesied to the Jews. And there were the ones that went to the Gentiles. There are people that are, but I think their gifting is the equipping of the saints. And I think that there are people whose gift is like for the people in the fringes and being like, yo, like you're good. Come on. Like, just (laughs) come with all your crap. Don't plan to stay that way. And that's kind of the, the bridge that we're kind of getting to build. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And I remember I I did a post early on um, when I was still back in Nebraska, when I lived in Omaha, I remember I had been doing all of my content about how to be a classic woman. And there was a day that I was just absolutely the least classic human being on the planet. (laughs) And I said to my husband, I'm like, if anyone saw me, I would be a failure. And he was like, you know, you don't have to be perfect to be aiming for an ideal. Like you can say, this is the goal I'm not always at that goal or reaching that goal. This is just what we would like to do. And it's okay to not always be there. And I was like, oh, that's actually very helpful. (laughs) Yes. Well, and how helpful to the people who are following you. You know, I think that is, you said that earlier, kind of can be the downside of social media is it is easier to show up when you're landing it. Like when you're sticking it, (laughs) it's easier to show up, but people need to see you not stick it. Like they need to, can you tell I come from a gymnast family? Like, (laughs) like people need to see you not do it perfectly so that they know when, when they inevitably don't, that they don't need to like give up, that they're not a failure, that God's not disappointed in them, that they're human and like, all right, let's get back on the horse. Exactly. Exactly. So I wanted to mention something I saw on your website. You wrote, you described yourself as too conservative for progressives and too progressive for conservatives. Can you uh, talk more about that? Yes. So grew up in the South, in the Bible Belt, in a very Republican family. And I love that. I, I don't, I hold no ill will towards any kind of party or anything like that. I just, in the last like probably five or six years realized 
that there were things about the Republican conservative party line that I don't agree with. And that like, I, my life experience informs that that is not always the best way or thing, but then also I'm not willing to bend on the things that I do believe and the things that are based in scripture that are required of you if you want to align with the more progressive or liberal side so it's just this fun middle ground where they all don't like you like they're all (laughs) mad at you but there's also this really sweet like crew that's starting to accumulate I think as both ends of the spectrum move more and more radical, there's more people who feel politically homeless, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm an equal opportunity offender is what it, <laughs> what it really boils down to. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's, it's good to know where you stand on all issues, as opposed to saying, I'm a conservative and I'm throwing all of my eggs in that basket, no matter what the, those positions are, I'm, I'm part of it. And you don't even think about it. And I think that that's an issue right. is that people kind of, they want to pass the buck on them having to actually consider their, their opinions <laughs> and their positions. 100%. Yeah, And there's I, something I good. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's it present in both, like both ends of the spectrum or like it's either, mm-hmm. it's either like it was your upbringing. So you just believe what your parents believed, or you completely rejected what your parents believed and, and adopted a new set of beliefs. And like it, honestly, you're just like, you're trading one indoctrination for the other, right? You're like yeah. you're trading one religion, like conservatives, their religion may more than often not be Christianity. And like, there is a religion of like, the worship of of self and the world like it's all where you're trading one thing for the other and both think they're right like if you talk yeah. to a, a like a true blue liberal like they think that they are right and so i i can think you're wrong and still not need to like be a jerk about it you know <laughs> also true and i think yeah. that it's usually not going to be as effective to be a jerk to somebody who you disagree with uh, than it is to be, I always say, use it, I use the term gentle guidance usually when I'm like, yeah. oh, you and I disagree. Well, here's why I think what I think. Maybe that gives you an opportunity to change your mind as opposed to yeah. you're just dumb. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So men and women are different. Uh, I think we can both agree on that. There's uh yes. You know, there's a place for men, there's a place for women. We have different roles, but we're also both incredibly strong. So what in what ways are women strong and what should we love about our role as women? So my favorite thing to say about this subject is if you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, where the mother gives the advice of like the man is the head, but the woman is the neck. Like she turns the head from side to side. I actually did an episode on my podcast this week when we're recording about women and women in the church and how our obsession with what we can or cannot do by biblical standards, because we're so focused on that, we're missing the opportunity to do all of these really incredible, impactful things that scripture like lays out for us and that God has put before us, you know? And so I do hold like the relatively traditional conservative belief that I don't think that women should be in authority over men or in teaching positions over men. 
but <laughs> that doesn't mean that I don't think that women should have a seat at the table, that their voices should be heard in decisions, administratively, ministry, like throughout the church and throughout, like copy and paste that over to your home, right? Like at the end of the day, my husband is the head of our household and he is the leader and I am going to submit to him. But he also listens to what I have to say and he values my opinion. And he knows that like, I fully believe women have more discernment than men. Like I will, I'll hot take, say that, you know, and I think he sees that and knows that and listens to that. He's learned from experience that like that mom gut, which is actually the Holy spirit counts for something. And so I think it's just a matter of, I don't want to be a man. I don't want that responsibility. I'm not created that way. So I'm going to like fully step into what God, like God created women for a purpose. And it is a powerful, impactful, world changing purpose. I'm going to focus on that versus like what I can't do or can't be. I love it. And I think, I, you know, what you were talking about that you talked about on your podcast, I find this issue in the Jewish community as well. And it's often very, very potent in the Jewish community where women are like, why can't we do A, B, C, D, E? Because there are like a whole list of things that men have commandments to do that women don't. Now, there's kind of a misconception that women are not allowed to do those things because we're lesser than. But it's actually that men have to do those have to do those things because they are not as holy and close to God. So they have to do these actions that bring them closer to God because women are naturally closer to God. So women don't need don't need to do them. It's not that we don't get to do them. It's that we don't have to. And I always loved that because it's like, you know, we have a different connection to God through just we are. This is something an idea that I really love is we have an understanding of God that men don't because we do the act of creation by growing children and raising them. So that brings us yeah. closer to God just innately. And men yeah. don't have that same luxury. So they have to they have to go to synagogue three times a day and they have to like do the Torah reading and they have to do a lot more than we do. It's just an interesting concept. It is. Well, and I think simultaneously, like there are there are characteristics of God that are more present in men as like leadership and decision making. And like st- like essentially when I read the, how God laid out that relationship in scripture, like men stand in front of women, right? Like they stand in front of women to allow us like in a protective way, not in a, like I'm casting my shadow or you're beneath me. It's like, no, it's their responsibility to protect us, to love us the way that Christ loved the church, which is a massive responsibility because he, I mean, in the end laid down his life to allow women to do like, like you're saying, to be more connected to the Holy spirit and have that discernment and like hear those things from him. And so I think like we both serve these really holy, incredible purposes. And I think we, it would be easier to walk in them if we would stop focusing on like what the other person is doing or not doing. Yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. So you, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you're the primary breadwinner uh, through your content. So yes. how do you balance all of your responsibilities? I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit, how you prioritization and all of that, but how do you actually in practical terms balance yeah. your responsibilities as a wife and a mom and a content creator and 
this is kind of like a bonus part of this, but how does that affect your relationship with your husband? I'm just curious because yeah. that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, it is. Yeah, I think absolutely. an interesting point. <laughs> we, so as far as like balancing it, we, um, I worked really, really hard for a couple of years, <laughs> like maybe too hard. Like I went real hard for the first three ish years. Uh, and it's, I don't have any regrets. I think I had like the stamina and my kids were in school. And so I really like, I, and also I just have a, I don't know how to do things halfway. And so I just like really went at it. And so I have had the essentially like luxury of the last year, 18 months of kind of getting to experience the harvest of what I had sown. Um, but even still, like, I mean, and so I am the primary breadwinner. My husband actually just started his own like entrepreneurial journey a couple of weeks ago. So our family dynamic is shifting, which is really cool and really exciting. But in that trans, you know, there's always that like weird limbo transition period where right now, like I am the primary breadwinner and also like he's working out of the home. So I'm taking on more like home and motherhood duties. And I was, it's so funny that you asked this question because I was literally just talking to him about this earlier in the week. Like I had to draw some really hard and fast boundaries that require a lot of self-control. Like I log in and I log out. And yeah, like maybe outside of those hours, I think of something and I want to post it and I can get on my stories and put it up really quick or run to my computer and like write an email. But by and large, like I've been like logging in at nine and logging out at four and like working it, like treating it like it's a job. And that has been like how I've been able to find balance is like, even when it would be easier to like zone out and scroll through Instagram and answer DMS, like I want to be intentional and I want to be present. And so it's just like, the, the prioritization and boundaries, like, and taking your thoughts captive and, and all of that kind of stuff, just being able to be like, what is my identity? And my identity is one in what God says about me. So I don't need social media to affirm that. I also don't need my children to affirm that. So like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna treat that. I, I want to store this responsibly, I guess is what I say. I'm saying. And I've had seasons where I didn't do that. And like, all those studies that tell you that social media is really bad for your mental health, like the, that data comes from somewhere, right? Like, so I've experienced that side of it as well. And I don't want to be there. I don't want to be like being beaten up in my brain by the internet all day. And then I have nothing to give the people that mean the most to me in the end. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that that's, that's kind of totally right. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just it's a drawing boundaries and, and yeah. And I know that with me, for me, social media, you know, the number of times I have said, like, I need to be better with my phone. And then I'm home alone all day and I don't have a lot of people around me. So I'm like, I have my baby. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can hop on here for a minute. Well, why? Why do I have to? So I think yeah. treating it with, you know, I think the truth is even outside of work, use drawing boundaries with your phone is important because I think, yeah. let's say you say, okay, I'm going to use it nine to four or five in the afternoon and then I'm done. And the phone is going away. Like it doesn't have to just be about work. It can be about um, being online. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, so we, when this transition, and again, it just started two weeks ago. So like maybe circle back in a month and we'll see <laughs> how things are going. But I pretty much drew a line with everybody. And like the people, you know, like the people that I talk to the most, my parents and my best friends, I was like, Hey, I'm putting my phone away at four. Like 
if you need me, call me twice and it'll ring, you know, like how your phone will like on the second call, it'll let it through like an emergency call. But yeah. otherwise, like, because we're so freaking overconnected and oversaturated and then like that makes it impossible to be with your, with your people. And to your question about like our dynamic, it, Jer- my husband is a unicorn. Like I married <laughs> one of those ones where people are like, where did he come from? Like, how is he so <laughs> wonderful? He's not perfect. And we definitely butt heads on stuff, but he has never cared. Like he, it has never been like a decrease in his masculinity or his leadership that I made more money than him or was the only one making money. He jokingly will be like in the early day, in the end, he got bored, right? Like in the end, he just wanted something of his own to do. And I love that for him. And I'm so proud of him, but for the last eight months, like he's really been Mr. Mom and, and just been like doing carpool and doing laundry and keeping the house clean. And he's like, I will do this all day. Like if you want to like, just keep being the one that makes the money, you know? So that was not, thankfully that was like, not one of the hurdles we had to jump. That's awesome. That's a huge blessing. (laughs) It is. It really is. So last question here, Uh, you got married pretty young and, and had your children pretty young. So What's your advice for young women dating in today's day and age and any marriage advice you want to share? Yeah, I, uh, it's so funny because my sister and my dad had an outstanding bet that I wouldn't get married until I was 30. And so when I got married at 22, (laughs) one of them had to pay the other $50. So it was definitely not like, I was not the little girl that was like, I'm going to get married. Like I wanted to go to law school. I had all these things I wanted to do. And then I like met this man and was like, I want to be with you 24 seven. We were literally talking about that the other night where it was like, we got married because we were instantly best friends and just obsessed with each other. And it was like, I'm sick of saying goodnight. Like I'm sick of going our separate ways. Well, and like, I wanted to have sex with him. Like, yeah. obviously. Yes. You know, and like, course. we were, we were better. We're better together. Like we're better together yeah. than we were apart. And I think I, I think this can be very dependent on like where you grew up, right? Cause I grew up in a place where girls got engaged their senior year and then got married that summer, right? Like that yeah. was the like running thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I essentially followed that path. I think it's just like re- releasing that. The best advice I ever got was like, run your race, like keep your eyes on Jesus and run your race. And at some point, like you'll know that you should look from side to side and there will be people running their race next to you. Like those are the people that you want to like consider dating or doing life with. Like, and I think, you know, that's a whole podcast episode probably of how much the church hasn't done a great job. Like the church has strangely prioritized that. Like I have no regrets over getting married young. I think I was supposed to get married young because I think I would have been wild if I hadn't. I think we would, I think I would have some not great stories probably if I hadn't right. got married as young as I did. But I don't think that that's everybody's experience and everybody's story. And I think like run your race, do the next right thing, like keep your eyes on Jesus and what he has next for you. And if that's something that enters your orbit, that's awesome. You know, like that's great. Um, mm-hmm. As far as marriage advice, I really think our primary one was like, we just had to learn each other's love languages because they were foreign languages to us. Like his love language was a foreign language to me 10 years ago. 
And we have gotten into like more disagreements and more misunderstandings because we just spoke different languages. And now thankfully 12 years in, like we still jack it up sometimes, but by and large, we've like learned like, how does this person feel love? How do they receive love? How do they give love? That's been hugely helpful for us. Yeah, I think, yeah, I know that for me and my husband, we constantly have the conversation about love languages. And the problem is we both speak multiple, like very strongly. So (laughs) we'll be like, that wasn't what I was looking for at this moment. Good try, but like not relevant right now. Yeah, yeah. Didn't (laughs) Didn't land it. Didn't stick it, as you would say. Yes, exactly. So now we're going to move on to today's faith talk. So this week's Torah portion is Mishpatim, which means ordinances. And here's the summary of this week's Parsha from Chabad's website. Following the revelation at Sinai, God legislates a series of laws for the people of Israel. These include the laws of the indentured servant, the penalties for murder, kidnapping, assault, and theft, civil laws pertaining to redress of damages, the granting of loans, and the responsibilities of the four guardians, and the rules governing the conduct of justice by courts of law. There's a lot of other laws that I'm actually not going to read because there's just a lot of them. (laughs) This is not my favorite Torah portion, to be honest, just because it is mostly laws. But then we get into uh, God promising to bring the people of Israel to the Holy Land, and he warns them against assuming the pagan ways of its current inhabitants. The people of Israel proclaim, we will do and we will hear all that God commands us. Leaving Aaron and her in charge in the Israelite camp, Moses ascends Mount Sinai and remains there for 40 days and 40 nights to receive the Torah from God. So what we're going to talk about today is this very important phrase, we will do and we will hear all that God commands us. This is something we talk about a lot in the Jewish faith. We've heard this, I heard this phrase growing up like all day long. (laughs) Every day of my life, I heard it. And it seems crazy because you kind of sound like it's backwards. We will do and we will hear. Shouldn't it be we will hear and we will do? Like we will hear the commandments and then we will do them. Uh, We are often taught in Jewish day school that it's a huge lesson in faith for us, that the Jews accepted God's word without even knowing what it would be in a sense, and that we were willing to go forth and trust in him, even if we didn't understand it. And I do love that lesson, and it's what I grew up on, but I have another interpretation. So nishma, which is the Hebrew word for we will hear, also has a different definition, which is we will understand. So the idea is when the Jews say, we will do and we will understand, they are sharing a deep insight into practice. We can fulfill the commandments and in so doing, we understand them. The very act of doing teaches us in our hearts their importance. And this is, I feel like, so relevant to us in today's day and age. There's so many things that you can't understand until you do it. Motherhood, I feel like, is such an obvious one. And I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I've been thinking about this lately, is this idea that there is no way to describe to someone, if someone had tried to describe to me, and people did, what motherhood would be like and why it was so, you know, amazing, I would not be able to comprehend it. Until I did it, I was not able to comprehend it. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. I was just thinking about that the other day because I'm kind of coming out of the 
out of the the motherhood woods a little bit of those like <laughs> little years like my kids can wipe their own butts and like get their own <laughs> snacks and get their own water and kind of like put themselves to bed wash their hair like that kind of stuff and so I'm seeing like oh wow like you really do come out of the woods and you gain a little bit of yourself back and your independence back and those kinds of things and then I was sitting there thinking oh yeah people tried to tell me that like moms tried to tell me that it like it gets better and not better. It's not better. It's different. Like it gets like easier and harder, right? Like having older mm-hmm. kids, it brings a different set of problems, but I'm like, oh yeah, like they, they tried to tell me, but I had to, I had to live it out first. So I think that's <laughs> definitely, I think that should stop us from telling people like that are coming behind us, motherhood, marriage, faith, prayer, like whatever, But also I think like for the tellers, there is some grace to give as well. Like sometimes you just got to live it out. Like sometimes you got to walk it out. Right. And I feel like this kind of spans the gamut from things that have not nothing to do with faith because everything is like in within a faith. Right. When when you're living a faith filled life, everything is within that. But that are sort of separate from that. So like why you should move to a community, why that's actually really great when you get there. Oh, right. There are like people exactly. who I can see all the time. And like, I can go to synagogue and see my friends or go to church and see my, my people. Like that's something you don't understand until you're in it. And then there's the stuff that's like actual practice where it's like, why do we pray? Why, right. why do I have to sit and talk to God? Like, does this actually do anything? And in the doing of it, you're like, oh, actually, this is not. Yeah, right. Like I'm learning something. I'm learning. I'm growing as a person. I'm deepening my relationship to God. It's it's such an interesting thing that we can learn in the doing something that we couldn't have learned just by by somebody trying to teach us. And it's like maybe that's a a little bit of a lessens the burden on us as parents a little bit. (laughs) Oh, right. Amen. (laughs) because <laughs> I think as parents, I, I know my son isn't old enough yet, but, you know, I, I cannot imagine the point at which I'm trying to explain to him why something that feels like it would be fun and attractive and great is actually yeah. not none of those things. Yes. So yeah, he may have to make those mistakes on his own, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which like, I think that you can only protect them to a certain point, right? Like there are like, this is proving there are some things that you have to learn by doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that so much of parenthood is also stuff that we can learn from God because God is our father. So we can kind of see how, yeah, like he doesn't, he, God can tell us in the Torah or in the Bible, in the new Testament, you know, this is how you should live your life. And this is why, and this is what you should do. And you know, we're 17 and stupid and we want to do fun things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, that's today's faith talk. And let's move into our premium subscriber questions. If you would like to submit questions for future episodes of the Classically Abbey podcast, make sure to head over to classicallyabbey.substack.com where you'll get access to a ton of exclusive content, including my book club, weekly exclusive articles, and being able to submit questions for podcasts just like this. So I'm very excited to ask these questions because they are directed towards you from my amazing subscribers. So number one is Abby often says on her podcast that happiness is possible in the mundane for moms. What are some small ways you think moms can invite novelty into their routines? 
Oh, I love that question. I just started maybe, I don't know if this isn't the right, like the answer that you're looking for, you can tell me, but I just started <laughs> like making a big deal out of the small holidays. Like I love we it. did Valentine's day. Like I did the heart pancakes and we decorated <laughs> and then we got balloons. Like it doesn't have to be a money thing. We just have started. And even like the, my dad is like the best grandfather in the world. And he has one of those calendars that tells you like what every day is, you know? And so like, he'll text us and be like, it's chocolate chip cookie day. And we'll be like, let's go get some chocolate chip cookies. Like that kind of stuff has been really fun. And then also inviting them into the things that interest us has been something that's been really fun. Like I love puzzles. And so the girls will sit with me and like, help me like find the edges or like we'll bake together or my oldest and I have started running together, like inviting them into the things that you kind of, I think it would be natural to be like, this is mine. And that doesn't mean that it's not yours. Like I still love putting them to bed and doing a puzzle by myself, but it's been really sweet. Like incorporating them into those things as well as just being like, I don't know, like, oh, it's just like a random Wednesday, but it's hot national hot dog day. Let's grill Mm -hmm. hot dogs and like, you know, celebrate just like making life a celebration, I guess has been really fun. Yeah. Yes. I, we never did valentine's okay so here's my story about valentine's i love the idea of like playing up those holidays more i didn't used to be that kind of a person and now i'm like no i really like this yeah (laughs) so my story with valentine's is that growing up my parents were like every day is valentine's we don't need valentine's and as i got older and other people were celebrating it i was like oh it'd be nice to like get a little something so this year i said to my husband i was like here's the deal i don't deeply care about valentine's day it would make me happy if you just got me some flowers like that's all i need just if you get me flowers i will feel loved and then it ended up kind of snowballing where it was like okay we're gonna go to dinner and then okay like with the baby we brought our baby along and then it was like oh after he goes to sleep we're gonna bake some cookies and we're gonna play hogwarts legacy yes (laughs) We were just like, that was our evening. It was dedicated to each other. We did something kind of fun and it was just so sweet. And I will remember that Valentine's Day because we did something for it. Yeah. And it wasn't even like y'all spent a bunch of money or did anything extravagant. Like we literally, I put like a garland up and got some balloons and like got a heart shaped waffle maker. Like I probably spent in total $30 on Valentine's (laughs) Day. But you have to also remember like being a kid everything was magical. Like everything was magical. And so just putting a little bit of extra effort and time into it. I'm like really excited about St. Patrick's day. We have very Irish heritage. And so I'm like, (laughs) we're doing St. Patrick's day. Like we're doing the same thing, you know, like, and there's basically a holiday every month. So you can like find something to hype up pretty much every month. I love that advice because it's not, you know, oh, well, if you're looking for novelty, take a vacation every every two weeks or like do a date night, which is like a more typical piece of advice. It's that is novelty is just making a Thursday a special day because it happens to be some holiday that maybe you don't care deeply about, but it actually becomes something really fun. Right. Well, and my kids are hopefully like my kids will remember that the hope is that like when my kids are older, they're like, oh my gosh, my parents made the biggest deal about everything. And it was so awesome. Like, (laughs) and then like your hand, like you're creating a legacy of celebration, which is like, that is God 
that is part of God. Like God is a God of celebration and of joy and of like togetherness. And so it's just continuing that and kind of passing it on. Yes. Yeah. That is so great. That's so great. Okay. So this is a funny one. Uh, what do you think about guys named Blake? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously I, I have known that I had a dude's name my whole life. I've, there's a really funny story of when, uh, I was like, mm, I was probably like 13, 14. I went to my first, first like sleepaway camp and I show up and like, it's chaos. I've got my big double bag. It's like b- the beginning of parent trap with Lindsay Lohan, like got like my yes. huge duffel bag. That was like, exactly what was, I pictured. Exactly. Like that is, that's a very good depiction because it's exactly what it was. And <laughs> they, you know, like the, the camp coordinator with her megaphones, like you're in cabin three. And I walked to cabin three and I opened the door and it's a cabin full of boys. <laughs> and because oh they had just like not looked at the gender that was assigned <laughs> when I like signed up. And so they just put me in a dude's cabin. And I remember, like, I literally dropped my bag and like turned around and walked out and like went and found a camp counselor. I was like, I think there's been a mistake. And so <laughs> that's, I mean, I got harassed. I got like made so much fun of when I was a kid for it, but as an adult, wow. I love both of my girls have unisex names. So I don't, I don't have any kind of feelings about dudes turn named Blake. Like how do dudes <laughs> named Blake feel about girls? Named Blake? I don't know. It's so funny. Cause it's, I'm so used to unisex names that I didn't even like your handle. It didn't even click. I was just like, Oh, that's your handle. The girl named Blake. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like right. It didn't even click to me that Blake that, is also a boy's name. <laughs> that, that I had to make it that because people continually thought I was a man. <laughs> right. Right. It didn't even occur. And now that's just really, really funny. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. So last question. Your podcast is called Confessions of a Crappy Christian, but your website says one of the things you are not about is religion. How do you square those two things? I mean, not in like a rude way, but I feel like the crappy Christian like squares itself with not being very about religion. Like the whole essence of it is like the whole, like come as you are, just don't plan to stay that way. It is okay that you are a crappy Christian. It is okay that you don't like maybe do it perfectly to a T because that's the point of grace and that's the point of sanctification and salvation. And so I, as someone who has been habitually burned by traditional religion and religious people, I am much more inclined to talk about a relationship and a person like the person of Christ and that he like Jesus is my religion um and that's just my experience I also do life really closely with people who who have an a really beautiful strong relationship with religion so like I'm never like Ugh, religion is dumb <laughs> like that is not the take at all right it's just like I think that we were all created really differently with different experiences and that there's something there for all of us. Like it's just going to look a little different. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense to me. And I think that it is whenever, you know, it's funny, Christians use the term grace a lot. We don't really use that word so much in Judaism, but I think it is so relevant and so important is giving grace to people so that they have the room to explore their faith and get closer to God on the terms that they can. And that's so important. Right. Well, and I just, I think changed hearts is what changes behavior and, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it can be really difficult. Like if you have lived a life apart from God and a, a life of sin, it can be extremely difficult to step straight into religion and not feel like you don't belong and you have nothing to offer. Like sometimes we just need to like tiptoe into it a little bit. We need to take baby steps. And so I yeah. think that's available to us as well. Yes. Agreed. So the last question that I have is actually from me. Uh, I'm my own premium subscriber. No, I just, <laughs> I wanted to ask this question and I, and I want, I'm going to ask it now to finish off the podcast. So you said that you love, you know, following politics and I mean, that's so much of your content, which is awesome. Any tips for following along? Because I'm more of a cultural commentator, so I don't get into the weeds too much with the day-to-day stuff, but you have some hot takes that make your Instagram page super fun to follow. So how can we follow along without getting bogged down by the doom scrolling or feeling overwhelmed or just feeling like, eh, maybe this isn't so relevant to me? Yeah. Uh, that's another area that I just have really strong boundaries. Um, so kind of like I check my email three times a day. I check the news three times a day. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. got a time, like a time limit on it. I typically check like CNN, Fox news, maybe I'll hit NPR just kind of like, I don't have alerts on my phone. I don't get the doomsday headlines because I think I used to, and that's just really bad for your mental health personally, especially the way things have been lately. Like just you keep shooting the stuff out of the sky. I don't need to know about it. What am I (laughs) going to do about it? Right. So I think it's like, if that is a priority, if that's something that you like want to keep up with, it's setting boundaries because it is really easy to get stuck in the doom scroll spiral. And then it just jacks and taints everything that you're doing. But for me, it's boundaries. It's going to multiple sources so that I'm not living in an echo chamber. It's like, okay, Fox news is saying this, what's CNN saying about it. And the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. And also turning it off. Like I pretty much, there are a lot of Mondays. I take the weekend usually off of the internet. And there are a lot of Mondays that I come back and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like what in the, why do I even catch up? And I just had to like, <laughs> get to a point where I'm okay with that. Like it's going to hit the fan. You know, I'm like, if, if if somebody drops a nuclear bomb on America, like somebody will call me and let me know if if it's on the weekend, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like call and let me know. I don't need to like be the first one to know. And so it, it can be really tricky to navigate. And I think a lot of people who have been really invested in it, especially since 2020 are kind of tapering off a little bit. Like I'm having a lot of really interesting conversations with fellow commentators that are like, I'm tired. Like I need a break from this administration, <laughs> from like the world. And I think that's totally yeah. fine too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's all super helpful. And I'm so glad you came on the podcast. Thank you so much. This was awesome. So make sure, yeah, it was wonderful to have you. So let's make sure everyone knows where to follow you. I want to make sure everyone is, you know, getting your content. So where can we find you? Uh, I mostly hang out on Instagram, the girl named Blake. Uh, My website is thegirlnamedblake.com. And you can find everything from like links to the podcast to courses and coaching and everything in between there. Awesome. And the Crappy Christian Podcast. We can listen to you there. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> so thank you again for coming on. And if you aren't already following or subscribed, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you'd like. And make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help me out. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you guys in my next episode. Bye. Bye.